Hey, Adam. What's up? Do you have cats? I have a cat. Does it like to play with strings? It loves to play with strings, as do I. I'm Adam Annis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Oh, I'm in a good mood today. Yeah, you are. I'm exhausted, but I'm yeah. in a good mood. <laughs> All of a sudden, you perked up when the when the red light of the microphone came on. It's because I'm a pro. That's right. And you've also, you're cradling your uh, your coffee mug there, your Hans Solo. Hans or Hans Solo? I never knew. Hans Solo? Is it Hans Solo? Buddy, we are going to get more emails from that one Uh-oh. comment than anything else we've ever done. Even more than the Corey We've Henry done some episode? crappy stuff. <laughs> Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, so we today are going to talk about string writing. That's why we had a little uh, back and forth about strings because uh, we were involved in a really fun project a couple of days ago. That was and, great. Yeah, and I thought it'd be fun to just sort of do a Q&A if you're up for it. Sure. Um, and, you know, this is obviously daily jazz advice, but I think, you know, for piano players, uh, jazz players, really any musicians it's uh it's it's nothing that you have to get into but a lot of us do get into writing four strings writing arrangements for larger orchestras i think today we're going to really just concentrate on the strings but maybe out there and you'll hear it land you've been thinking about it you've done a little bit you don't know where to start or whatever so i thought it would be fun to kind of demystify it first of all and talk about some techniques and some ways to do it because we did it it wasn't necessarily a jazz session although there was a little jazziness here and there it was there was a lot of jazziness in oh my there was opinion. a lot of jazz that's, yeah. that's true i think was. for a pop session it was it was leaning heavily on the jazz i mean you were playing on it john coward was playing on yep. it i mean the, the, the there were cats playing on it yeah right know? right right and and i mean it was the fun thing about this session was uh we already had the rhythm section and the vocals brian owens wonderful uh, young vocals from st louis um laid out and even a certain amount of kind of mixing rough mixing percussion added great and rhythm section and everything yeah that's a luxury when you're writing yeah. strings to have it almost finished you right know, and so you know where everything is going to be especially when there was you know from what i understand from when you recorded the session down in memphis with the rhythm section it was a very loose session where you know you guys were kind of jamming and these yeah. songs came out of the jams yep and so there's so much improvisation going on in the comping and in little solo things that are just beautiful that it's nice when you're writing the strings that you can hear all that mm. and write around that or with yes. that you know and that was something that we got to do well, and I was thinking about that might even be, you know, kind of a technique that folks could use to start to learn how to do this. You could take something, um, you know, really, and it could be any style that was with vocals, without instrumental, jazz, whatever, yeah. and just write some things and layer it on top of. I mean, it's really easy to do, even like in GarageBand or something, you could um, write some string parts and then see how they fit over that. And it would sort of be similar to what we did on these arrangements anyway. That's right. You could start small with just one violin part mm. and, and try to write one line that would work. You know, that would be somewhere to start at the very, very basic level. Yeah. And, and what you really want to be able to get to is the string quartet. You know, mm. the string quartet is... I was just talking about this with our friend uh, Chris Stark, who's a great composer, classical, like new music composer. Yeah. And he... Award-winning. Award-winning, very, very much so. And he talks about the string quartet in such fond terms because it just saves you. Like, you, you could do anything with it. Those instruments are so expressive, and everything sounds good, yes. almost. You know what I mean? It's like... There's a built-in 
like uh, um, link between them and blend there yeah. if you do it correctly and you don't try to force them yeah. out, of their, out of their zone. As soon as you add an oboe, it becomes a lot more complicated. Sure. Like it just yeah. gets harder to, to match the timbres and to blend or whatever, but the string quartet just melts into itself. So, uh, you know, you were saying that jazz pianists, especially, I think, we deal with harmony on the fly so much that I think we just naturally get tap to write these things i yeah. mean that's how i got tapped to write yeah. these things you know and i think it's a great I, I think no one should feel like oh i have to you know go to arranging school or whatever obviously you there's a lot you can learn from people but you know in terms of composition arranging but there's a lot this is like an area where you can really learn to do this on your own if you're disciplined yeah if you know a little bit about harmony a little bit about voice leading and counterpoint yeah you can you can write good string arrangements as a piano player or a guitar player like straight away yeah so. and i was just thinking um like probably the the entry point is learning about the string instruments kind of in general. I mean, the more you know specifically about the cello, the bass, and this was fun because we had one bass, but it was a great bassist, so we really had some flexibility, uh, yeah. which is sort of a new thing for us. I'd never written for a solo classical. I mean, it wasn't solo, but the section was one. Yeah. I've done it for sections before, but it was You know, one. this is a new technique for me too, but if anybody's going to record strings in the studio, I implore you to check out this guy in Chicago, Matt Jones Orchestra. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was kind of studying his stuff, the way he records stuff. He did all the string arrangements for the latest PJ Morton record, right. which are just, they're just great arrangements. Right. And Matt great. Jones Orchestra, link to that, Andrew. Please. You listening? Okay, cool. And then um, what he did was had, you know, a full string section. I think he had three, 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 right? Yep. Violin one, violin yeah. two, viola, cello, and then had one bass player yep. separated. Oh, was it. that where we stole the idea from? I think we, oh, we, we might have <laughs> copped that idea. But it gets you this really great sound. So if you're, you know, if you're going to do a session with strings, you know, get the string quartet, but then add the bass. It gets you, I mean, we found it just gets you this nice, robust sound isolate it from the rest of the quartet, right. you know, so that you have control over it because it can either be a lot softer than everything or it could overpower right? Um, if, if you get a wolf, you know, down low. Yeah, and I think that, you know, especially if you write on the heavier side as, as both, not heavier texturally, but just like I think we both have this idea of wanting to write a little bit more so that we can take things away or the producer or whatever can take, which I don't know if you notice has already been done to those well, arrangements. Well, that's because we've worked with Brian before. We know <laughs> that whatever we write, about 60% is going to make the cut, right, you know, right. which is cool. Yeah. That's fine. And, and no, no going in that that you can't be attached to everything. Yeah, but I think this is very much, and we've talked about this before when we talk about composing, you know, doing something every day. If you want to learn to write for strings, you need to jump in there and do it. Don't wait by the phone like, is this thing on? Are you going to pick it up yeah. for somebody to call you to do a session? Because they're not going to do that until you know what you are doing. But you can learn. I mean, you can buy a $60 keyboard mm -hmm. and you know, with your computer and with GarageBand and get this stuff plotted out. Just start very basic. Yep. I mean, you want to learn about, I think, for all of the, 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 uh, the one, what is that, three, four instruments that we're talking about, yeah. violin, viola, cello, and bass, learn the ranges, you know, learn some basic things about it. You, you'll have a step ahead if you know how to play one a little bit or yep. at least can hang out with somebody that plays just so you get the, the technique. That is what has, has helped me grow as a string arranger is just befriending good string players yeah. and picking their brain. And they're, you know, especially if you're about to write something for them, yeah. shoot them an email and ask them a bunch of questions. They want to sound good and yeah. they want you to write something that's comfortable for them. And, you know, if you write pits like da 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 they're going to be pretty pissed off. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. Because they're not going to be pretty able to do pits it. off. Oh, oh my God. But the bing, but the bing. <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> Edit that out, <laughs> No, um, 
but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so I'm lucky enough to be in the 442s, which is, you know, my, my main musical project is with some really great symphony players here in St. Louis, Sean and yeah. Bjorn. And I've just annoyed the hell out of them over the years with, how do you do this? Can you do this? Is this possible? What sounds good? This or this? You know well, what I mean? One thing I noticed that you did really well that I think folks, even at a basic level, I mean, this, it's a more advanced sound once you get it, but you can start learning this at, a, you know, at that beginner level even. And I think that you're great at is you, have, you use like specific techniques in a very musical way that could be corny or just kind of, um, you know, just doing them because I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Okay, so like tremolo. What are you trying to say? Oh, I'm trying. To, okay. Are <laughs> oh, you so talking like, about trims? Okay. Well, but that's just that's one what we example. call them in the biz. Trims. trims. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tremolo. Like that can be such a shtick kind of a thing, yeah. and it has been. But you use them as like you really understand what that's going to sound like. And I have the feeling like, how did you develop that? Did you just sit down with them and say, play this? What does it sound like? What are some ways to do this? Or did you? you know cop that from arrangers that you liked yeah both so okay. it's trial and error a little bit and then it's also you know just like when we're listening to a jazz pianist play and i hear something that i want in my playing I'm, i make a mental note or i might even make an actual note in my notebook hey work on this this sound get yeah. that we, you don't have that and so if i hear something in you know a classical piece or a film score that i love that texture um or a performance that i go see here live in st louis with all the great chamber music we have i'll I'll make a note like, okay, get that texture in your bag. Like, yep. figure out what that is. Find a score. Um, mm -hmm. You know, again, IMSLP, which is uh, .org. IMSLP.org right. has a bunch of free scores for a lot of like the the hits yeah. of classical music and a lot of the greats. And you could see exactly what Prokofiev did to to build chords. You know what I mean? Yep. And or or how they use tremolo or how they voiced things. Super super important. And then, you know, um, just just study up as much as you can. I never had an arranging class in college. I mean, I had one with Charles Tolliver, great arra jazz arranger for sure, but we didn't get into strings. We got right. into like Blakey style arranging, but uh, you can, you can do it just by studying and, yeah. and making friends with players and just doing it. Yeah. You know? But the tremolo, you know, that is one of those things. I used it a lot on this record because the, the, the arrangements that I did, a lot of them were very vibey. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like very... Like what was already there. Smoky, in the track. spacey. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. had a vibe. And so I knew, especially with the swells, like I think you're talking about, I would do these... Yep. Like these little tremolo swells. I knew that that would create this texture that would fit with everything just perfectly, you know? What I think it speaks to, and you know, some other techniques that you use as well fit into this, is you, you've really developed an ability to know what these things are going to sound like. Um, as you write them and so you it's kind of going backwards what you just explained as far as you hear something you like and it might not even be about like oh they played that tremolo over this f minor chord it might be in some Rachmaninoff or something yeah but it's a it's a sound that a group of instruments make together that can be controlled in a number of different ways and placed somewhere else and and as you said it's no different than you know taking something that Herbie plays or whatever you don't need to play it on that same tune right now you've got a sound but that exactly. process of learning is like ear training for string writing exactly but it's also the homework that we have to do a lot of times yeah arranging course that's it's almost like better when you go and get it i mean i think there's some great arrangers that i'm sure can teach it well in composition but of i course. feel like yeah. that's an area where they're more going to be like go do this now go do your homework you know yeah i mean the cool thing with arranging and learning how to do this and studying it on your own is you can you have unlike like an improvised solo which i guess you know we, we say transcribe transcribe with arranging you could actually look at the score while you're listening to something and and really make notes and see exactly 
how to get the sound. Yes. There's no doubt about it. Yep. Uh, you know, another part of the, the gig, I think, and was a part of the gig on Sunday, is you also have to write for the project. You know, yes. write, write with the players in mind, right. their ability level, write with the time that they have to work on yeah, it. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, I, we wrote a lot. Yeah, <laughs> of like kind of technical stuff for them. Yeah, and halfway through the session, I was like, I could have simplified some things for this. <laughs> you know, you're like you're always getting yeah. that kind of feedback. But uh, if you have, if you're writing something for a group that's going to perform it for two years and put it in their repertoire, yeah, you can make it hard as you want. Yeah. But if you're writing for like, you know, we get hired to do these one-off things, right? Where yeah. it's like one rehearsal for the symphony and then they play it that night and that's it yeah so you got to keep it simple and you have to make it sound good and be simple right right you know? so one little trick with that i'm thinking too is that after if you if you if you're lucky enough to have a situation where you can have it played by live players at recording session or one-off gig or whatever is go and like fix the things like i usually do this and i know we, we need to do this because we but we got such a stack of music sitting in there yeah, yeah. but it's like go and take the intel that you get from what the players write totally. on the parts yeah. and then go fix the original parts totally you know? or you or you can keep those make like that becomes the set one not only the bowings you know changes and like you know you were really good about communicating with the players and we had to go relatively quickly mm -hmm. but you were able to kind of like optimize those arrangements i'd say 10 to 20 percent in a really interesting way by getting feedback from the players and also you were giving some feedback and making some changes um in in kind of in real time as as far as what you heard back like we always have a, have an idea of what we think it's going to sound like and the better you get at it the closer it is yeah. but it's always the moment and the day and the headphones and the microphones or whatever so being able to hear and then number one listen listen you know but um but 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 then take i see a lot of times people finish these projects and then they're just like oh i'm so tired i'm done but it's like take that little bit of time to incorporate that so that next time you go in the parts are already there and you can kind of relax and just let the players look at it and do their thing. So true, man. Yeah. Another, another couple of things that I'll, I'll make notes of just thinking about this session is a, uh, is the arrangement needs to also, if you're, especially if you're doing something with a rhythm section, it needs to reflect how much sound is coming out of that rhythm section. Mm. You can't always just lay over thick chords right. over a rhythm section because you're really only going to hear the top voice. Yeah. Everything else is going to just be clutter yeah. in the mix. So we did this quite a bit where we just do single note lines with the entire section, you know, or just maybe the, the viola and violins yeah. and, and create, or maybe two, you know, two notes yep. is part of the chord. That could be incredibly effective if you have a thick arrangement with keys and drums and guitar and bass, you know what I mean? Like don't, but but if you have space, then you can use that was nice to then use the whole section, use big thick chords and yeah. clusters and all this stuff, and they come through really really well. Well, and I think that that just I mean that speaks to what we talked about at the beginning is like when you have the tracks already there it's and you're so adding nice. strings, yeah. let it come to you. Don't chase around and try to force it because you already know. I mean it's it's a lot more difficult to write for like strings or even full orchestra and a rhythm section and a singer when you're going in live and like the rhythm section has kind of chord chart yeah. you don't really know what they're going to play you, don't know what you almost play. have to write them down or hope that they're listening and then it's more up to the players to do that to listen to what's happening in the arrangement i think i told you that i did one session i, I wrote a whole album and all it was was the guy was singing into the phone and playing some stuff on the piano yeah, for the yeah. form and the chord changes basically. And I had to write these string quartet parts yeah. and then like, you know, get on the session and there's like a full soul band right. playing. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, one more thing that I'll say that I, I learned from you uh, when we started, because um, we've done some writing together on some arrangements. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I was kind of doing, but you really <laughs> hammered home for me was give the players some meat. 
Mm. Don't just give them footballs. Even if you want a long sound, yeah. little turns that really are almost imperceivable to the listener. Yep. But they keep the player engaged yep. and they keep them um, from from sort of zoning out on just like long, you know, right, right. unless it's like it's it's super quiet and you just have to have long. Like if you're doing, you know, uh, 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 whole notes per bar and you're changing chords every time and yep. someone has a step up movement, give them a little turn or give them some kind of little figure, you you know, in the middle yeah. for the viola, the violin too, they will appreciate that and they will stay engaged. And it also just creates some nice little tensions that can happen in, yeah. your, in your longer notes. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's not about, look, look we, it really comes out of that mentality of we, we're doing so much at the computer or at the piano, whatever, you start to think, that these are machines that are going to play the music perfectly. Yeah. And look, they're great. Like we had great players and, and they'll play anything you put in front of them. So true. So it's not like, oh, this isn't hard enough. I'm going to play it bad. No, they're still going to play good. Yeah. But for sure, like, I, and I've found that seen this, especially in live situations over and over again. I mean, it's just like us. I mean, it's just human nature. If you're playing in a big band, a piano part, and you've got nothing fun to play, yeah, you're going to play okay. But I mean, if you give a string section because the arrangement calls for it, footballs all the way, but like the last two bars, you give them something kind of tricky. Yep. And it doesn't even need to be fast technical. It could just be like a high note or something. Something. Like, because they're so good at glancing ahead. They'll play this stuff a little bit better. They'll be more engaged because they're like, oh, when I get there, yeah. or a little solo or whatever. It's such great advice, man. Yeah. And I've, I've noticed better results in, yeah, in my sessions. Because they're humans. I mean, we're all humans and we want to be a part of the process. Well, and that's that can be another challenge with this is, like you said, you're either doing this pen to paper or on a computer, which is... It's almost like a quill you were using there. Oh, a very fancy pen. Not very flary. <laughs> uh, but it becomes a thing of, of a challenge to bring the humanity out, right? Yep. So if you write these parts like they're actual voices doing individual things, it can be very, very helpful. Yeah. As opposed to just like, I've just put my chords down on the keyboard yeah. and then the footballs come up. You know right. what I mean? But they, especially as pianists, it's hard for us because we, first of all, we are almost always in a situation where we can be creative yeah. on the gig. Even yeah. if our part is all written out. We, we don't can, pay attention to no, that. No, no, yeah. And, and we always have a, I mean, even like in a big band, and I always look at that as the most restricted kind of piano, there's always some time for us to solo or to play along or to change you up. You gotta be thing. pretty in the, in the cut. Though. Right, right. Yeah. But when you're a string player, like you really have to play what's on the page. You don't have much of a chance to do something. So we want to have compassion That's and right. empathy, and then they'll give it even, even a little bit more, I think. Cool. You know, uh, maybe we'll, uh, once this album is out, which shouldn't be too long, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll add a link here for it. Absolutely. Come back to it and, and listen to some of this stuff but man Good. thanks. Good stuff. Well till tomorrow. You'll hear it.